0: As a matter of fact, you know, being in the U.S. makes it uh, somewhat more challenging to be uh, to anonymous because uh, we have the NSA who has uh, who has their fingers into every transaction. So, all you NSA people out there who are watching this video, we know, we know, we know what you're doing. And, um, so that was episode one. That's an important lesson. And Elliot says, "Whoever controls the final hop." on the network controls the traffic the onion routing protocol it's not as anonymous as you think it is whoever's in control of the exit nodes is also in control of the traffic which makes me the one in control and that's the same thing that the NSA knows is that they know whoever controls the final hop controls the network you know from my experience of dealing with all of these these young people that's that's like their. Ultimate goal yep. is to be able to hack their neighbor's Wi-Fi. Right? <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's why they all want those Wi-Fi. They want to get the Wi. They want to get the Wi-Fi of the neighbors, and they think also that maybe I should throw this in here
1: is that uh, they think that if they use the neighbor's IP address, that they're safe. So joking aside, because obviously we don't recommend that, would using your neighbor's Wi-Fi actually keep you safe?
0: You know, a lot of people believe that if they use their neighbor's Wi-Fi, that they're going to be safe because the IP address is going to be show that the neighbor was on that website. Many years ago, I was working with uh, uh, an investigator for, I think it was with the Navy at the time. He was a, what they call the Naval Criminal Investigation Unit and he and I were talking. He said to me, that doesn't work. And I said, why not? He says, because whenever there's a crime committed, the first, and it's clear that the people whose home Wi-Fi did not commit the crime. The first thing we do is we start knocking on the doors of everybody within a few houses. And 100% of the time, 100% of the time is what he said. I'm not saying this. He said, he said, 100% of the time, we will find the person who committed the crime within a few houses, All right. Um, so he says, I said, 100% of the time? He goes, yes, 100% of the time. Even though it's possible to be able to pick up Wi-Fi, in some circumstances with special Yagi antennas and what have you, you can pick up Wi-Fi for a little or two, right? But hackers, because they're people who think that they can get away with a crime by using their neighbors, they almost always get caught because they are using the next door neighbors or the person two or three houses down. And then law enforcement just has to go knocking on doors and asking questions. I was surprised when he told me that. He said, 100% of the time. And so since that, this is over 10 years ago, I've I've kind of checked the cases. And he's right. 100% of the time, the person is is right next door or right behind the house or in the same apartment building. Hey
1: everyone, it's David Bumble back with Occupy the Web. It's been too long since our last interview. So glad to have him back. Occupy the Web, welcome.
0: Thanks, David. It's always good to be back on the best IT cybersecurity channel on YouTube.
1: That's very kind of you to say that. If you don't know who Occupy the Web is, have a look at our previous videos, which I've linked below. He's also the author of this book, Linux Basics for Hackers, fantastic book if you wanna learn Linux from a hacker's point of view. He's also recently published this book, Network Basics for Hackers. What I love about his books is he takes subjects like networking, Wi-Fi, whichever subject you're interested in, like Linux, and he teaches it from a hacker's point of view. He's also got this book, Getting Started Becoming a Master Hacker. Really great to have you back, Occupy the Web. What are we talking about today? Because this is a really good topic, I think.
0: Well, today's topic is how to remain anonymous on the internet. This is a a subject matter that is near and dear to my heart.
1: I've just got to interrupt you before, because I I want to say this. For everyone who asks, because I get this a lot, I don't know who occupy the web actually is because you're anonymous to me as well. I don't know your name. I don't know where you live. I kind of believe that you live in the U.S., um, but I know almost nothing about you. So you've done a really good job of being anonymous. So I think you're the right person to talk about this.
0: Ah, Thanks. Uh, Yeah, I am in the U.S. So we can can, you can tell my American accent that I'm (laughs) I'm in the U.S. As a matter of fact, you know, being in the U.S. makes it uh, somewhat more challenging to be uh, to anonymous because uh, we have the NSA who has uh, who has their fingers into every transaction, every packet that tra- traverses the internet through the U.S. They don't necessarily have that around the world. They try to have that around the world, but they definitely have it in the U.S. So all you NSA people out there who are watching this video, we know, we know, we know what you're doing and <laughs> we know that you're looking at every packet yeah. and uh, they know exactly who everybody is. And the NSA folks, they have made it really clear to me that they know who I am. They have actually, you know, they sent me messages saying, we know who you are. And they do that on purpose because the NSA, they kind of see the internet as their territory and they want to know everybody who's in their territory. So trying to stay anonymous from the NSA is really, really hard if you're in the US. It's it's not as hard in your other countries, but in the US it's really hard because they basically have taps into all the pipelines of all the traffic in the US and they capture every packet and can examine it. If they want to know who you are and they can find out. So, uh, but if you're in other countries, it's a little bit easier to stay anonymous from the NSA and the other intelligence agencies. But it's really hard to stay anonymous from your own country's intelligence agencies because all of them have taps into the local Internet. So let's let's say this right up front, okay? that it's really hard to stay anonymous from your own country's intelligence agencies. I also want to point out that if you become a target from these intelligence agencies, it's really, really hard to remain anonymous because they have tools that make it really, really difficult to stay anonymous. Uh, David, you and I are going to do a show on uh, Pegasus. Yeah. Pegasus is this notorious cell phone hacking software put out by NOS, I mean NSO. the um, Israeli hacking group. And with with Pegasus, they can basically just target your phone and take over your phone. And then, of course, you're not anonymous. Every message that you send on your phone, all your geolocation services, every message you send becomes captured by the intelligence agency. So that's a whole different bailiwick of trying to remain anonymous from those guys because they have capabilities and they have legal sanction to do things that nobody else does.
1: You're talking offline. There's different levels, right? So you got like the commercial companies, is that right? And then it like the NSA is like right at the extreme.
0: NSA is the extreme in the United States because literally they are given access to all the pipes and they can see all the traffic and they can trace it, but they don't have that necessarily that access in other countries. Some countries they do, but in the u.s they've been given total access to all the pipes and so they they collect all of the data they have this big data farm where they put all the data in there and they can basically trace just about they can trace anybody and they get metadata off all of the packets and all the traffic if they if you become a target then they can do even more and get more information about you
1: so, I mean, some people might be disappointed by what you said, because it's like, how do I stay invisible? How do I stay, you know, anonymous? Is Can I stay anonymous from Google? Can I stay anonymous from, uh, from anyone? Or as soon as I go on the internet, am I going to be discovered?
0: Well, if you're trying to stay anonymous from the commercial interest, that's relatively easy. We can talk about that. The other thing that I find with a lot of people is that they... Believe that the only way to trace them is through their IP address. So There's this fixation on on being able to hide their IP address. There's other ways of tracing your identity other than your IP address. So if all you're focused on is hiding your IP address, you're going to be exposed by both the commercial interests and you know the the uh, law enforcement and intelligence agencies. So you have to think about all of the different ways that somebody can trace you. And that's why one of the things that I emphasize is that if you want to remain anonymous and safe, you need to understand forensics. You need to understand OSN. So if you understand both of those fields and you understand then what people can do to find you and find your information, then the better off you are in being able to hide your identity and your traffic
1: but are you saying that i that vpns are like all these vpn adverts are wrong you know if i get a vpn i'm safe Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) well let's let's start off by saying one okay that you're only as safe as the VPN is safe right so the VPN is going to hide your IP address. Right? That's what I was my point I was trying to make earlier yeah. is that there's obsession with the IP address. But the whole business other, has
1: been built on this, a whole industry. So I'm just right, I'm just being e- sarcastic, yeah.
0: And, and we're gonna blow it apart, right? Yeah. Because yes, it's a it's a good it's a good measure. VPNs are a good measure, proxies are good measures, Tor are good measures, but there are ways of tracing you other than just the IP. All of those, okay, are going to hide your IP address, but there's other ways of tracing you other than just your IP address. One of the things you have to keep in mind in trying to remain anonymous is that you, you can only put up, you know, you can put up hurdles, all right, but it's almost impossible if an intelligence agency wants to find you that they do. If law enforcement is going to try to find you, they have resources, but they have to spend a lot of resources. If you're good, they have to spend a yeah. lot of resources to find you. Now, in general, you know, most people who are navigating the internet are not thinking about anonymity, and basically, they're giving away all of their information about their entire life to commercial interests like Facebook or Google and others. I don't, you know, I'm not comfortable with that. Maybe you are, no, but no, 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 yeah, no. yeah. and so. One of the things you have to keep in mind is that if you're using Chrome, which is a, a great browser, by the way, Google Google makes a really good browser, and, and I really love Chrome, but it's constantly sending back all your personal information back to Google headquarters. <laughs> if, you, if you're ever using Chrome, open up, say, Wireshark while you're using Chrome, and what you'll see when you're using Wireshark is that Chrome is constantly communicating back to google headquarters everything that you're doing (laughs) they're constantly sending back information on you so when you get an ad you go gosh that's amazing i was just thinking about buying that how did that (laughs) pop up on my screen well that's no mystery because they not only are they sending back information about you but remember we're living in the era of artificial intelligence and artificial intelligence is not only looking at what you're searching for, but they're trying to create a mind map of you. So what they're doing is that they're saying, the person who is doing these types of searches is likely the next thing they're gonna want is this. Because that's the pattern that we understand from looking at billions of people in the world that with these characteristics, they're gonna want this. And they can actually anticipate your needs and send you an ad for it. So, if you want to stay anonymous from the, those people, that's a little bit easier to do. You now, one of the things is, first off, just don't use Google Chrome because <laughs> Google Chrome is is owned by Google, right? And it's communicating. Bing is communicating to Microsoft. Even Mozilla is communicating back. It's Mozilla is a little safer than the others but still you know they're they're communicating back what you're searching for on the web there's a relatively new browser called brave right that yeah, um, I use it yeah. yeah you use it i use it that uh, is a is more anonymous than the others. So that's one of my first recommendations: is get away from using Chrome and Bing and When you say Bing, to, you
1: mean you mean uh, one of their new browsers, oh, right? Edge, right? Edge.
0: Edge. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bing. No worries, Bing, no Bing, the search engine. Yeah, Bing is their search engine. Edges. So yeah, those those products are designed. To capture information about you, right? and then once somebody captures information about you, it's pretty easy for them to be able to uh, to determine who you are. There's other things that can also be captured, like for instance, there's a whenever you visit a website, you know you're presenting these cookies that are in your browser, right? So if there's any cookies in your browser, they are going to appear, and that cookie is has identifying information at least if it's a cookie that has been placed there by Google or Facebook okay and those both those companies put cookies in your browser then it's going to identify who you are all right so one of the things you can do with your browser is go to the settings and turn off no cookies now that's going to make your life a little bit less convenient because that means you're going to have to log into every website and nobody's going to know who you are when you go in you log into your Facebook account they're not going to automatically know who you are and log you in or other services so it makes life a little more difficult uh, but it's going to save your identity
1: you would use like recommend using private browser windows stuff like that right
0: private browser windows and just turning off the no cookies okay on any browser that you use it's going to come in different places it's usually going to be in settings security and you can go ahead and and click on no cookies cookies are a lot of information. For those of you who aren't familiar with cookies, cookie is basically a, a text file that has information about who you are and what your interests are. It may actually include um, things like uh, your your username and password. This is, a, as you traverse the internet, these cookies can be presented to other people, other websites. So people are focused on IP addresses, but remember for somebody to identify you by IP address, they actually would have to get into the ISP or the VPN to get their records, their log files to identify you. IP addresses are something to be concerned about, but these other issues are equally important in terms of trying to maintain your anonymity on the internet. One of the things that I'd like to show you here, let's go into Kali and uh, talking about IP addresses, one of the things that is available to us in Cali and other places is what's called proxy chains. So proxy chains is a tool that uses multiple, you can use a single proxy or multiple proxies, okay, to be able to hide your IP address. So let's go just hiding your IP address. We're going to have this open up a terminal in, I've got some, let's open up a new one here. There's a a tool in Kali that allows you to use proxies. It's called proxy chains. So you can just go proxy chains. It's built into um, Kali and others, not just, not just uh, Kali, but now there's Parrot and and Arch Linux and a number of others have proxy chains built into it as well. The key to using proxy chains is simply to set up the configuration file. In Linux, you know, every configuration file is simply a text file. All you have to do is go into the text file to be able to edit it. So let's go and look at the proxy chains configuration file. Let's see, it's, I'm going to use that. i Mousepad, which is built into Kali. It's a GUI based versus Vim. And we're going to go, is that Etsy? Proxy. If I remember, where is that? Proxychains.conf. Nope, it's not there. <laughs> we'll close this. Yeah, okay. Let's go to CD Etsy and we'll go to Etsy, is where most of the configuration files are in Linux. And you go up to You'll see up here, proxy chains four. That's what I had wrong. It's four. So we're going to go up arrow here. Let me clear my screen. All right. So then we're going to go mousepad, proxy chains four, and then look at that. All right. All right. Here we go. This is the configuration file for proxy chains. What proxy chains will do is it'll allow you to select proxies that will then take your traffic and move it through a proxy, hiding your IP, and you can even send it through multiple proxies. As you can see here, there's all of this up here is basically comments describing what they do. The option below identifies how, how proxy lists is treated. You can have a dynamic chain where each connection will be done via chain proxies, a strict chain, okay, which is what I have on commented, so we'll just use a strict chain initially. There's a round robin chain. Each connection will be done via chain proxies. At the chain length, which is a variable, you can set the chain length. There's a random chain. Each connection will be done via a random proxy. All right. here's a chain length. By default, it's set to three. And then if we scroll down a little further, we'll see there's a number of other variables here. Here's the proxy list format. It's going to look like this: socks five, and then the port number, and if there's a username and password. Okay, HTTP. These are all local IP addresses, so you know they're really those aren't ones that you want to use. All right. What what I've done, and usually it's set by default within Kali uh, in this proxy chains, is using the socks five, and then using one twenty-seven zero zero one, your local host a 9050. This is Tor. As you know, Tor is the special and separate network of routers, okay, that encrypts your traffic from hop to hop to hop. Tor was originally developed by the U.S. Navy so that they could go ahead and navigate anonymously. It's now an open source project. We do know that there are some issues with Tor, where it's not totally anonymous. Institutions and intelligence agencies like the NSA can still crack Tor, but it's still pretty effective for what we wanna do here. So let's go ahead and try it out, just using Tor as a, our, our proxy chains. You can go ahead, once you you set those the settings, go ahead and save and then close it. And now what you need to do is to Go ahead and start Tor. All right, so you can go sudo system control, start Tor or enable Tor. So Tor should be running now on your system. Then let's go to proxy chains. You can't use sudo use because uh, Mozilla doesn't like it and then just go Mo- Mozilla. And now what this says is that it runs proxy chains and then runs Mozilla Firefox. I guess it's actually Firefox. Is the, mm-hmm. Mozilla is the name of the project. Firefox is what it is, and there we yeah. go.
1: So what you've done now is you've started um, Firefox browser, s- but going through Tor network, right?
0: Right, It's I'm running my Mozilla Firefox through the Tor network. You can see it in the background here. Let's kind of see if we can get both of those online. here. Yeah. All right, you can see it's running through a strict chain. It tells us right here, strict chain, which means that it's only it's it's gonna go through all of the proxies that you've listed. In our case here, we've only listed one. We've listed the, the Tor network. And then let's go and let's go to um, Hackers Arise.
1: I hear it's a good website.
0: I hear it is too, yeah. Lots of good information there. That's right. All right. So you can see that it's going through yeah. and uh, and it's anonymizing my traffic coming through the, the Tor network. So we could use both there is a separate Mozilla, uh Mozilla, a Tor browser. Or we can use the uh Mozilla built in to Kali and just send it through the Tor network. Let's check our IP on this. Okay. Let's go, what's my IP? Yeah, you live Here's in Amsterdam now, right? A- Amsterdam. Okay. Amsterdam is where it's at. That's my location. Let's go and uh and refresh again. Let's see if we can get a different Tor router. And yeah. this one's still same same IP. Yeah, you still an Amazon. Some, sometimes you can go ahead and just refresh it, and it'll jump to another uh, IP. Let's see if we can get another IP out of it. You can see how slow it is. This is one of the drawbacks to using Tor. Some of the commercial uh, proxies will run a lot faster. I think I've told the story before that. When I was uh, doing some work in Washington D.C., I was doing a training of the FBI yeah. at the uh, a few years back, and I thought it'd be funny that when everybody was out at lunch, that I was going to go ahead and uh, and this was when the Silk Road was still up and running. I said. I had the Silk Road up on the screen as they walked in from lunch, and I had all the drugs, all the drugs for sale. Ooh. so so they they came back from lunch, and I had the Silk Road up on the screen. You can tell <laughs> this has been a while because Silk Road's been down for a while. But of course, yeah. there's other other sites now that do the same thing on the dark web. And I said, "Okay, you guys, what are you going to do about this?" And they said, "That's not our problem. That's drug enforcement's." And uh, interestingly if you know the story that it actually was the fbi then who took down the silk road even though their response to me was no that's not our job that's that's drug enforcement
1: and didn't you say something along the lines that it was uh, it was actually very fast because it looked like you were using one of their local nodes or something
0: exactly so i did tell the story here before yeah so i'm 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 in i'm in washington dc and i'm like gosh you know it's so much faster in Washington, D.C. And that was before I knew that the NSA had nodes all around the Washington, D.C. so that it was running just as fast as my regular Internet would in D.C. because uh, they've got nodes distributed all over D.C. to make sure that uh, they can see all the traffic. Interestingly, if you've watched the Mr. Robot series, in the very first episode, Elliot is able to... Uh, He goes into a coffee shop it's like Dan's coffee shop or something like that. And it turns out that Dan is actually running a uh, server from his uh, coffee shop. And, uh, and Elliot discovers this and confronts him with this information. And he's like, how do you know that? You know, how can you, he said, well, because your internet is so fast that I always come here to use your internet. And then I began to wonder, why is it so fast? And so and he put up a, a node on the Tor network and was able to see the traffic going to his server and then got into the server and saw that was all um, So that was episode one, and that's an important lesson. And Elliot says, whoever controls the final hop on the network controls the traffic. The onion rooting protocol it's not as anonymous as you think it is whoever's in control of the exit nodes is also in control of the traffic which makes me the one in control and that's the same thing that the nsa knows is that they know whoever controls the final hot controls the network so he did the same thing it's easy you can set up a, a a a router on the Tor network easy enough. Uh, you just go to the website and they have the software you can download and put yourself as a router on the Tor network. So, so this so, is
1: the this is the problem you're telling us about Tor, but we could be still compromised, right? Because the NSA yeah, could have could have like exit nodes.
0: Exactly. Whoever has that last exit node controls the traffic. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. refresh it one more time and see if we. It's still sending me back to Amsterdam consistently. I'm gonna go. Let's uh let's let's stop it and uh, and try connecting again and let's see if we can't get a different ip address there we go and let's go uh, what is my what is my ip see it's coming out with socket here's or timeouts whenever i go there let's go to google again right here let's go what's my ip and see if we get a different ip this time here we go detecting should get a different ip just give me a, a the ipv6 but not the ipv4 yeah, yet at least. Well, this would actually be best, right? If it's the IPv4 is not detected, but it does have the IPv6, and still working on it, and still comes back with not detected. So you could make the case that that's even better—that's yep, not detecting yep. it. But but I think it's basically the website is the problem, and not um, and, and not that the, the IP address is not uh, known. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and shut this down. I'm going to go ahead and shut down our uh, our proxy chains. One of the other things that I wanted to show is that um, there's actually a a tool called Anonsurf that you can install on your Kali that will automatically send all your traffic, okay, through Tor. So let's go there. Okay, we've got it installed now. All right, so now we've got a directory called Kali Anonsurf. Let's just take a look and see where it's at. All right, here's Kali and non surf right here. Let's go into that directory. This guy, okay, let's take a look inside there. There's the installer. And then we got to run sudo install rsh. Gives me uh, errors while processing. let see if we can get it to run, okay? Go sudo and surf, start. There it is. We're running non-surf, okay? You can see it. It's killing dangerous applications, kill- cleaning some dangerous cache elements. Stopping IPv6, starting anonymous mode, saving IP tables rules, modified the resolve.conf to use Tor and private internet access DNS. All traffic goes redirected through Tor and you're under an on tunnel. So now what happens is that everything you do on this operating system is going to go through the Tor network. It's going to be a little bit slower, but it's going to give you better anonymity than uh, it would otherwise so your ip address is going to be hit except for the from the person who has the exit node on the tor network um and hope and hopefully that's not the nsa or the law enforcement so a couple of the things that we want to talk about we talked about using you know, a browser like Brave, okay, that's not and not uh, collecting cookies along cookies on your browser. One of the things that people often ask me about is what's the safest operating system? And there's a a number of them that are out there that you know, all of them all of them pretty much are using the Tor network to make you more secure. I found that using Kali, using the Anon Surf is actually works pretty good pushing everything through the Tor network. The other issue that people often ask me about is, how about using a phone? Isn't, isn't a phone a major vulnerability in trying to Android, remain yeah. anonymous? Whether it be Android or Apple, because both of them can be hacked by Pegasus. Right? And so one of the things about your phone is that you probably don't want to use your actual phone whenever you're doing anything that where you want to remain anonymous because The data that's collected from your phone is all available to law enforcement. They can trace your your geolocation. They can see your messages. Um, One of the things that I recommend is to go out and buy a burner phone. A burner phone is simply a phone. It can be a cheap phone. If you go into some of the phone stores, you can buy these phones that are inexpensive. I think I've bought some of them as little as $20, $30, and put them on a pay as you go contract where you pay cash for them. And then that's really, really difficult to trace. There's no way to connect that phone to your identity. And so then you can go ahead and make your calls, send your messages from that phone. One of the things you want to keep in mind though is that when you go to buy that phone, that you're not traveling with that your other phone in your pocket. (laughs) Because you're, you're you can be then traced to the purchase of that phone, okay? Because every one of your steps is being followed. Whenever you're traveling with your phone, there's always geolocation that's available because your phone is connecting to the cell phone towers. And from the cell phone towers, they have they get your location. Now, it's not as precise as GPS, but it's still, they can tell if you're going into a store to buy the phone, they can trace you that close. So don't take your phone with you, all right? Go buy your burner phone. Use your burner phone for anything you want to remain anonymous. Do not do any of the same things on your usual phone, your normal phone, as you would do on your burner phone. Do not go to the same websites. Don't go use the same browsers. And so that's kind of the rules of thumb for using a burner phone. Ultimately, if you really want to remain anonymous, I recommend using two separate systems this is if you can afford it this is probably the best way to go of course you know you could have two separate internet services all right or you know you can hack your neighbor's wi-fi you can use their internet service <laughs> i'm
1: not recommending that you do that but someone i would never i would never <laughs> recommend that i would yeah, never
0: yeah. recommend that no <laughs> and then you could use somebody else's IP address maybe, but keeping your activities separate in two separate systems is going to be one of the safest things that you can do because you're using a different browser, you're using a different uh, operating system, you're using a different IP address, so they can't be connected back to you. One of the things I also do is that I create false profiles. I, I put false information out on the internet so that that information doesn't lead back to me. People try to connect that information to me, but it really is false information that's going to be, you know, there's breadcrumbs out there that somebody's going to follow, it's going to take them to the wrong place. And if they follow, all the breadcrumbs is going to take them to separate identities. This is the kind of work that you need to do to truly remain anonymous. Uh, Because there's an awful lot of information that's out there about you from OSINT sources, from your cookies, from your IP address. And to really remain anonymous, it's like a full-time job. You have to think about everything that you do on the internet and whether or not it's going to leave a trace. Back to you.
1: Is it safe for me to use an ISP or, or cert, are there certain ISPs that you recommend? I think Starlink was one that we've kind of mentioned in the past.
0: Well, I use Starlink and I use Starlink primarily because they their IP addresses are not geolocated. All right, so, if you go and somebody looks at your IP address, all it's going to do is it's going to take them to a regional office of Starlink. So, I find Starlink to be just create one more level of anonymity into your traffic on the internet. It just all it's going to do is going to say, hey, it's a Starlink IP address. Now, if Starlink wants to give up your identity, then that's a different thing. Or if Starlink gets hacked, then your identity can be um, resolved from that. But most uh, ISPs distribute IP addresses by location. Right? So somebody can find out what city you're in, not with 100% accuracy, but pretty close to it. What city you're in simply by your IP address, knowing there's, there is uh, these databases of IP addresses and cities. So so I would say to, to create one more level of anonymity, I like Starlink and then run Starlink, say, through proxies or VPNs or Tor.
1: So I, a great thing about Starlink is you can uh, often buy this mobile solution, can't you? So you could drive around and, you know, it doesn't matter where you are, uh, you could take right. it with you and then you could access the internet from different physical locations. Uh, but I like what you said there, because if I use internet at my house as an example, and it's a fiber link or something like that, I mean, it's tied directly to my, my house. It's very easy to find me, right? But with exactly. Starlink, I could be anywhere.
0: Starlink Starlink allows you to be mobile. They charge an extra $25 a month to give you mobile, and so the... the satellite dish can move around it automatically unlike some of the old satellite technology where you were fixed on a single satellite in Starlink they have thousands of satellites and the dish is smart enough to find the closest satellite so as you're moving it goes and finds the the closest satellite to you makes it much harder to be able to geolocate you when you're using Starlink.
1: I mean that's at least like I'm trying to think in layers okay so um how do I get to the internet I could use Starlink I could for instance go to McDonald's or somewhere else and get onto the internet that way Uh, but then I've got to or sit in a cold train station or somewhere you know get onto the internet somewhere somehow but at least with Starlink I'm I've got something with me that I can take around
0: yes yeah you can if you're you can put it in your vehicle I you you know if you're if you're traveling you can take it with you and it will automatically connect and there's nothing there's no geolocation that's assigned to it, although you, know, you have to pay for it with a credit card. So your name is still linked to that IP address. If somebody gets inside of Starlink or Starlink gives up your information. Now, so, you know Starlink is an American company, as we all know, owned by Elon Musk. If Elon Musk wants to give up the information about you, then you're still not anonymous.
1: But at least it's one
0: layer. Um, it's one layer. And that's what you think about. You're right. You got to think about layer. layers. Layers! So this is one layer that makes it just a little bit more difficult to identify you.
1: Next one, and this is always a question people have, do I use a Windows computer? Do I use Apple? Do I use Linux? Or, you know, Apple, Windows seem to both have a lot of, like, um, data that they pull from your t- telemetry data that they pull from you. Um, a lot of people don't trust them, so perhaps Linux is the best?
0: Well, I obviously would recommend Linux. One of the things that that, uh, both Apple and uh, Microsoft do is that they put in uh, user IDs, a GUID, into documents. And so that if if you're creating a document and you're distributing that document, it can be traced right back to your computer. One of the things I recommend is do not use Microsoft Word or the whole suite of Microsoft products, uh, because they'll pull the the globally unique ID off the machine and put it into the document. This is where forensics becomes really critical. So, you know, if you're a forensic investigator, you know that you know that there's a globally unique ID on that Word document. So, if you're trying to trace somebody, you can pull that globally unique ID. It's not going to have geolocation data in it. Once your machine is identified, they can say that this document came from this machine.
1: Is it safe enough to use a virtual machine or should I have a dedicated physical machine that runs Linux?
0: physical machine creates one more layer. If you're going to run multiple machines, I would recommend one one machine that you're doing stuff that you don't want to be traced on and one machine that you're doing everything else. If you can afford that. If you can't afford that, I would say run a Linux machine in a virtual Machine such as VirtualBox or VMware
1: Workstation. It's all about like cost versus what you're really trying to accomplish, right? So I mean, if you really want to go hardcore, you gotta you gotta spend the money to to do something like that. I would say, yeah,
0: yeah. If you want to really make sure that you're you're not going to be traced, you want to go and spend a little bit of money. Possibly have two systems. You know, one of on them that you're only doing the work. You're gonna have a separate identity for each machine right and you can create separate identities and not have them be connected in any way shape or form
1: so like uh, we mentioned starlink so as an example i could have like an internet connection at home that's my normal internet let's say fiber or whatever and then i have a starlink which i do all my anonymous stuff on and then i right. have like a linux machine that i use for my anonymous stuff and then perhaps whatever operating system i like for my normal stuff what about exactly. phones because like um Um, they all seem to be, you know, choose the worst type. It's like, is it iOS, is it Android, or do I have to go and use Graphene or something like that?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Basically, the most important thing, I think, is simply have a phone that isn't linked to any carrier, right, any carrier in any credit card. Because once you've linked a, a credit card, you pay for it by credit card or have a service through any one of the major carriers, then you can be traced. These burner phones that you can buy for cash, you can pay for them with cash, the service for cash, month to month of service uh, with cash, that's really the only way to remain to make certain that you're going to remain anonymous. And like I said, they, they should not be in the same location, right? At the same time, right? If if they're in the same location at the same time, one of them has to be turned off because once they're in the same location, then they can be tied together to your location and your identity.
1: So in other words, graphene by itself wouldn't be enough. You'd want to buy a burner phone with cash or something because it's not the operating system that's a problem. It's the fact that it can be traced to you, right? Trace exactly.
0: Down. Exactly. That's, I agree. It's, I what I feel safest with is simply using a burner phone, right? That's what I feel Confident that can't be traced.
1: And what about VPN versus Tor? There's this there's always the argument on YouTube and you know on the internet, and that's why it's great to get your opinion because you're well experienced in this. Should I use a VPN like XYZ? VPN? Or should I use Tor? Or should I use Tor over a VPN? You know, what would you recommend?
0: It all depends upon, you know, how much protection that you want. VPN for the average individual who's trying to protect themselves from commercial services, VPN generally are going to be pretty good. But remember that you're putting your hands, you're putting your life maybe into the hands of the VPN developer. They have all of your information. If they get hacked, right? And they do get hacked, then all of your information is available. So that's a trust that you have to place in them. So for the average user, a VPN is going to be fine. If you're working in cyber warfare, where your life is dependent upon remaining anonymous, that may not be adequate. In that case, in a cyber warfare environment, where your life is is dependent upon remaining anonymous, I would prefer either proxies or the Tor network. Proxies can pose an additional problem, once again, that they can be hacked as well. I would never trust a free proxy, right? Because why would somebody put up a free proxy? Why would somebody put out a proxy? Because
1: it's the (laughs) NSA. What's that?
0: Because it's the NSA. Because it's the NSA, exactly. Or it's a GRU or whoever. So remember that the NSA, the GRU, all the intelligence agencies, one of the things that they want to know is everybody's identity they know that people use proxies. So their job is to figure out who you are and what you're doing. If you were them and your job was to find that out, wouldn't you put up free proxies? Here, connect to our free proxy. And of course, we keep no logs. And of course, that's what they advertise. And that way they can at least get some of the traffic going through their proxies. It doesn't make any money. So they have no business model to, if you know, there's no legitimate business model to keep them safe. If somebody's putting up a free proxy, there's no legitimate business interest to keeping you safe. As a matter of fact, there's an interest in keeping you unsafe, in selling your data. So I recommend if you're gonna use a proxy, use a commercial proxy, where you're paying somebody to keep you safe.
1: So let's take it to the extreme. I mean. Let's say you want to, your life depends on it. You're a journalist or someone who's involved in cyber warfare, something like that. You really want to keep yourself safe. So uh, if if I understand correctly, you're going to have two infrastructures, one for like normal and then one for um, anonymous stuff. So Starlink or whatever it is, separate infrastructure, separate laptops, separate phones, burner phones. You're going to buy that with cash if you can. Um, You're going to use um, proxy chains or you're going to use Tor something like that, is that right? Anything else that I've missed?
0: No, I think that that pretty much covers it. I just want to make sure that when you're using those two separate systems, that they do not intersect. The, the sites that you visit, the things that you do, the information that you provide do not intersect because that intersection can be detected by people who are trying to determine
1: your identity. Do i need separate homes or separate locations like do, like you said the phone i mean i'm just trying to think like you said don't put the two phones together right so i'm gonna have don't, to put that don't in. put
0: the don't put two phones together on okay i mean you could put okay. one of them in a faraday cage okay just so that the location doesn't show the geolocation services don't show them being in the same location because once you've revealed that so for instance if you have an apple phone and you've got a burner phone, and they're both sitting in your office, and they're both on, right? They're both showing that they're in the same location. You've suddenly given away your identity as the person who owns the iPhone, right? That burner phone has been now been linked to that
1: iPhone. So you put the burner phone in a Faraday cage, or you leave it somewhere else, and you don't bring it to your home where you do your normal stuff?
0: Or you just turn it off.
1: What I really appreciate about Occupy the Web for everyone who's watching is he doesn't, it's not sensationalist nonsense. He's giving you the, you know, really good information. So Occupy the Web, thanks for doing that.
0: Of course, anytime, David.
1: So Occupy the Web, another one we didn't touch on is email. Do you have any email providers that you could recommend for secure email? Because email seems to be one of those things that's its easy to find people.
0: Yes, email can easily be traced. And so one of the things that I like, and those people who have worked with me and been my students or in some way associated, know that I use ProtonMail. ProtonMail is the only one that I feel comfortable with. They are based out of Switzerland. It's end-to-end encryption. You might ask yourself, well, what difference does it make that they're in Switzerland? Well, Swiss, the Swiss have particular laws that uh, protect people's privacy more than even the EU does or certainly the U.S. does, because the U.S. doesn't really have any good privacy laws at all. Switzerland has long had the history, that's why there are these Swiss bank accounts, right? Because the Swiss have special laws of protecting people's privacy. Even if you have end-to-end encryption, end-to-end encryption in a service, then if the servers get compromised or law enforcement shows up. That's often what happens. Law enforcement shows up and says, we think that you know, we need to have the, the data from your servers. That's like a, that's less likely to happen in Switzerland than it is in other countries. It's happened in the US. It's happened in Germany. It's happened in Australia, where law enforcement sh- shows up and wants the, wants the records. Canada, where law enforcement shows, we want the records and therefore that all of your email and all of your communication is then compromised. Switzerland has laws that protect privacy that's more strict than other nations do, and ProtonMail, I've been using them for, I don't know, almost, I actually got one of the beta accounts at ProtonMail when they first opened up. You had to actually ask for an account, Um, and you had to wait like three or four months to get an account. So I've been with them a long time, and I have a lot of confidence that uh, that they're going. They're going to do as good a job as possible to protect my information. Uh, there's a number of others that are out there as well, including MailFence, Private Mail, Anon Addy, grill Mail, Secure Mail, what have you. Uh, those are all out there as well. As far as secure operating systems, some of the hardened operating systems and cubes, Subgraph, hardened BSD are all. Uh, good choices you want a hardened and safe and secure operating system one of the things i do want to mention before we finish here and that is that a lot of people believe that making transactions in bitcoin is untraceable and that's not true all right as a matter of fact i have a class coming up i think it's in december on how to trace bitcoin if you're trying to remain anonymous and you're using bitcoin Bitcoin is traceable. It's not easy to trace, but it can be traced. So it's not going to maintain your anonymity. But also remember that maintaining anonymity is a matter of throwing up a lot of roadblocks to the people trying to trace you. So the more roadblocks that you can put up, then the harder it is to trace you. But Bitcoin, a lot of people believe that they can simply purchase things with Bitcoin and be safe. Now, some of the other cryptocurrencies have better anonymity than Bitcoin does. So, and that's one of the things that I think we're going to talk about in the future.
1: That'd be great could do a video on that. So everyone who's watching, please put in the comments below, would you like to see a video on Occupy the Web showing us how to trace Bitcoin transactions?
0: One other thing we want to talk about is anti-forensics. I have a class coming up this summer on anti-forensics. First of all, I recommend if you want to remain anonymous that you study forensics and OSINT. But after you've studied it, then you have to focus on how can I keep the information off my machine. This includes cleaning off any files off your system. As we know that if you delete a file on your system, it still is there. So you have to overwrite files on your system. And then of course you want to clean your bash history or wherever you're entering your commands
1: what would you say to people who say that um, the only way to do operating systems is to run it in ram so you boot off a usb or something and it's all in ram and then when you finish you pull that out and it's all gone
0: well i think that's a really good idea that's that's certainly an option is to simply run your operating system all in ram say off a flash drive and then uh, once you've taken the flash drive off is gone, I mean, it is still possible. Well, if you reboot the system, everything is gone, and nearly everything's gone from RAM. Okay, There's still, forensic investigators can still pull some information from RAM even after you've rebooted the system. Remember also that operating systems, when the RAM is full, it begins to write to the hard drive, right? There's swap files. So the strategy is good one but it's not 100%. That's my point. None of these strategies is 100%, but if you put up enough of these
1: anonymity strategies, the safer you're going to be. We spoke about like buying a separate laptop or something for running Linux on, but you could perhaps boot into RAM on that laptop if you just want to, you go to the next level. So it's just like layers and layers and layers of of anonymity, right?
0: Yeah, the more layers you put in, okay, the safer you are. My thing that I emphasize to nearly everybody, is that if somebody with enough skills and enough knowledge and enough resources wants to find you, they can. But it's, that's key. Enough resources, enough time, and enough uh, skills, they can find you. But most people don't have unlimited resources, unlimited time, and unlimited skills. What you want to do is to make it as difficult as possible. But if you really need to remain anonymous from, say, the intelligence agencies, that's a really, really difficult job. If you want to remain anonymous from the commercial interests or your next-door neighbor, that's a little bit easier to do
1: than it is from the intelligence agencies. They have a huge amount of resources and high-level skills. Okay, by the way, we have another one that comes up a lot, search engines. Um, Google's tracking you like crazy. Um, what about DuckDuckGo? Some people say bad things about them. Do you have any favorite um, search engines?
0: What I, what I would prefer okay, is to use DuckDuckGo in Brave, right? the Brave browser. Google is probably the worst in terms of tracking your information, uh, so... Google Chrome is a great browser. I love Google Chrome, but they they track everything that you're doing. So I would recommend using DuckDuckGo in Brave uh, to remain safest, to have least amount of information. That's But once again, remember that even then you want to be able to have two separate identities so that what you're searching for in DuckDuckGo is different than what you're searching for in Google or other places. So the two cannot be connected.
1: I love what you said here, because in this interview, you kind of like making putting emphasis on have different identities, like have everything separated. A lot of people, I think, make the mistake that they use the same devices or... Go to the same websites when when they're trying to be anonymous and when they're just normally surfing and I, I'm glad that you've really highlighted that so a technical solution isn't the the answer to everything it's like make sure that you separate your 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 behavior if you like
0: exactly and and also one of the things that I do is put out false information yeah. so yeah. I, I I leave behind false information that will take people to will take people to other identities so that when they're trying to trace me they all of them are not leading to the same identity. They're leading to multiple identities. And uh, and that can at least obscure and make it more difficult to find you.
1: Occupy the Web, as always, I really want to thank you for sharing your knowledge and experience with all of us. You know, you've got many, many years of experience and you have, are anonymous online, even though you write books, you, you share so much information. So thanks for sharing um, your warnings and your tips with all of us. I really appreciate it.
0: You're welcome, David. I always enjoy being on your show. And look forward to doing more of these with you in the future.
1: So, just for everyone who's watching, ideas that we've got, let us know in the comments. Ideas would include Pegasus, um, talking about that. Uh, what other ones do we think about? Was Bitcoin right? How to trace Bitcoin? Bitcoin
0: forensics, yeah.
1: What about like Wi Fi hacking? That would be a good one. Bluetooth, We're, I think, is another good one. And we definitely want to have Mr. Robot, right? And we'll do more with Mr. Robot as well. So, for everyone watching, please put your comments below, things that you'd like to see. Occupy the Web, thanks so much.
0: Thanks, David. See you soon.